This is cartoonist and illustrator Xander Cannon, and you're listening to Outside the Long Box. We're recording right now, so the the what depending on where I place this, we haven't introduced ourselves yet. So let's do that. Obviously, you guys know me and Doyle. Uh, thinking outside the long box, we're here with two awesome visitors who've created uh, a really cool game called Bam. Bam. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Let us know a little bit about who you are and and kind of the origins of the game. Uh, I can go. My name is Jared Jackson. I'm the creative director, uh, illustrator, graphic designer, web designer. You know, when it's a small team of two. Yeah. How many hats can you wear? At <laughs> yeah. once. And then Alex. Um, my name's Alex. I am the kind of original concept original designer of it. Uh, I did a lot of the character work for like billion characters. Uh, 80 or so different characters setups that we have in the, in the game and the storylines behind it. So, yeah, it's been uh, an interesting journey overall getting started with it here. Uh, I know you used to play Magic professionally, correct? Well, I would say semi-professional. semi-professional. Yeah. You know. And I think anyone who's had a yeah. stay in a hotel room to play in a tournament, yeah. like, that's got to count. <laughs> yeah. I, I've toured around a little bit with Star City Games on their tour and whatnot, but... Um, wouldn't say I like was consistently on the pro tour for any length of time or anything, <laughs> and never never won anything <laughs> big. Pride, oh, pride, pride. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pride. God, pride. Uh. I got to the level where you get to play with the guys often that win all the things <laughs> and, and get beat by them. You're the poker player who leaves first. Yes, yes. Man, at least you're on the at least you're on the tag. Yes. Um, so yeah, a lot of this kind of started up. Uh, a bit as well. It started originally as a, a one-upmanship game uh, that you get in uh, the military called Coin, um, where you go out, you get deployments, and you would get little markers saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, I was on this ship, or I was on this tour, or I met a three-star general once, and I traded coins with mm-hmm. three-star general." Kind of a fun thing. But when you go to the bar, you kind of set it down on the table and go, "All right, if anyone can beat me, I owe you a drink. If not, you owe me a drink." Like that sort of thing. It's just, it's just a, a measuring contest. Yeah. And we thought, and the, the thought hit me on like July 4th heading down to watch the fireworks of like, does that apply to supers? Like, like if you met Superman, like everyone's going to want an autograph or something from Superman, it makes sense for him to have coins or something like that. Like, oh yeah, here you go, have a nice day. Um, I don't know where we'd put them, but yeah. Right pants somewhere. <laughs> in his underwear. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're going to question Superman. Uh, what's that strange bulge in your fucking pants there, man? Um, and so it started with that, and then as we started going down and applying you know, game design methods, of, like every card has to be fun to play, every card has to be fun to play against, you know, things have to be within at least a reasonable balance, they have to follow certain rules and guidelines, it morphed into this... Kind of still quick fire punchy style game, but there's some really deep tactics. Um, and really, where I think the game excels is that you're not going to get repetition in play. Sure, like we could sit down and play that exact same game that we just played, switch out locations, and wildly different things, different cards become highly valuable, different uh, techniques become highly valuable. Yeah, so you're not since you're not starting on a neutral board. 
um, that means that your your starting point and your end point with us are going to be changing as you set up the different games. Unlike with a lot of pick a TCG where it's I hit you until you fall over or you hit me until I fall over. We're starting at a neutral point and we're ending with one of us on the ground. There's only so many pathways between point A and point B that make logical sense. Um, and with us, since we can change the start and end points, you get a lot more path and variability of, ga- of gameplay. Or at least that's the theory. The, like, the term we often use is there's no health bar. Yeah. That's, that's the simplest way to approach it to where um, instead of you've got one a scoring vector, which is who dies first, who goes to zero first. Yeah. And by removing that and making it a randomized, essentially, if you're randomizing how you're using locations, that objective changes with just changing that one centerpiece. Sure. And, uh, and that's part of the... Because the full name of the game is, is BAM CBG. The CBG stands for Cardboard Games. Um, kind of a pun, but it's also the card sets a board state. Um, but just doing it with that one piece. So... Yeah, what do you think? Out of curiosity, as you're playing through it, oh, it's definitely fun. Yeah, we went through it real quick, but um, I could definitely see how, like, as we first started going through it, it felt very basic. And then, as you were explaining things, and also the starting, the start point being different, I could see how it becomes like very not basic at the same time. Like, uh, it's very thinking heavy. Yeah, um, especially since like I I took the like just straight literal path of just beating you each time, but then I lost the game. Even though, like, in every other metric, it felt like I won the game. Like, I milled out your deck, I left you you with, I left you with no cards in hand, and got to my end point first, and lost. (laughs) Short-term, long-term goals. Balancing, I can do this cool thing, but this card, very specifically, scores like junk. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the power balances we have, is the cooler the ability, the weaker the card is. It helps prevent playing that card when we didn't want to as a designer. It also helps control like, cool, if you just want to be swinging rares, that's fine, but you still might get your teeth kicked in at the end because you didn't focus on the actual goal. Yeah, yeah. Which I I can definitely appreciate. I don't know if there's... You guys have heard of it. I'm sure you have, but there's another... It's an online card game called Hearthstone. Hearthstone? Yeah, I know it. And um, I've played it in a while. I used to play it a lot, and I forget to this... I forget the card's name and the point of the game, but there was this card eventually that was a goblin that just, like, blew up your board when it came out, Mm -hmm. and it was basically, like... Once the player hit that card and it was in everybody's deck, then that was the end of that game. And I stopped playing the game because of it. Because I was just like, this game's not fun anymore. <laughs> like, no matter like my strategy or how well I'm doing, I'm like, oh, he top decked that card first, I lose. Yep. <laughs> like, gets whoever gets there first. And it never got balanced out or anything. So there was no, like you were saying, there's there's no way to just be like, okay, that card's insane, like, now it's a different location now, everything that used to matter doesn't matter, right. that card might be the worst card in the deck now, yeah. uh, whereas all it was just all the time you're getting your butt kicked by the same strategy, Which the same thing. crazy in Hearthstone, because, like, uh, with them being a digital game, they can make a change. Yeah. It's, it's cake for them to make a change, but with the, us with a physical game, like, for us to make a change, we gotta print new cards and somehow distribute new cards out, like... 
and I'm sure they I'm sure they have made the change sure, since then. Probably, but like, it's not to knock them, but it's just it's yeah, yeah. they have made yeah. the change. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool, but it's one of those things like it's sat there long enough for you to leave. That's a long time. But it also I think just points out not the problem, but yeah. a problem a that problem. exists in trading card games where yeah. it's the same thing with I still play Magic the Gathering, I just yeah. play an arena for fun and yeah. you still get to these certain like st- standard it gets in a specific set of areas where it's like, man, these cards are just overpowered and you got to wait for a ban to happen and it does. And then, so it's, yeah, like it's, as opposed to just having a different way to play or, yeah. You know, which is, uh, is fun accident. in some, in some standards. Like I, I, you know, I played way too much destiny True. and the game really hasn't changed in the, what eight nine ten years that it's been now and i put in two thousand hours something stupid like that yeah it's fine for a while but when you start running up into a situation where the whole point of the game is just to keep you playing the game yeah that's kind of where i'm checked out and that's that's where i hit with like magic i was playing it uh, quite a bit and i enjoyed it but after a deck that I just got perfectly tuned and it was standard, and then two days later it rotated out of standard, it just it, it gets old. Oh, I got one minute of that for you. I used to play, I played Modern quite a bit and Legacy quite a bit, and there was this deck in Modern that was just on near unbeatable with a card called Stoneforge Mystic. Okay. I don't know that one, but okay. And Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. And these yeah, cards. The yeah, yeah, card yeah. Yeah. And I finally decided just to build the deck because I'm going to a tournament and they literally banned like five cards out of the deck the next day. And these are like $200 cards yeah. a piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, you know, it, that's cool. It's great if... It, it's cool to have a game like that and that's interesting and everything. And, 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 but the point is is that I didn't. I've got two young kids. Yeah. I didn't want to spend like to be really. He's not competitive, but competent and yeah. like a good shot with good players. Yeah. Was at least I'd say two to four hundred dollars a month, easy. And it's only gone up since then. Yeah. And that's just being that's being conservative with it. If you want to like rotate through metas and stuff, yeah, it can definitely get expensive. Right. Yeah. And and that's a that's a awfully high cost. For a game that it's enjoyable, but I don't feel like that investment was worth the return on on time of enjoyment, and that was another one of the philosophies. And it's not to say like you like playing Magic, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, all of those things. That's fantastic. You like the chase. You like investing in the cards. You've been doing it forever. That's great. Bam is not about countering any of that. All it is is a game where we designed it. The first season, you can buy one of every copy of, of every card in the first season if you just get one of the three boxes. Yeah, like you're holding a yeah. copy of everything. And that's it. That's the chase. If you want a full play set, you've got to buy three of each box. We sell just as is. We're not thinking about doing any retirements after three years or anything like this we're trying to make these cards to where 20 years all of these cards if we've done our job properly are all free. and it's more designed about the game it's not about you know um 
things are different than they used to be, it'd be nice to feel like you get value when you buy stuff. When you, you yeah. know, it doesn't matter why you're a fan of something or why you're spending money on something, but it would be, it always felt better when you felt like you had a little bit of respect, like the company had a little bit of respect for their consumer and wasn't taking advantage sure, of it sure. the time. And it was one of those things we were talking about a little bit before about, um, it's one thing to continually complain about the situation. It's another to find opportunity to, to do something that's different instead of just talking about why you don't like the thing. And that's, yeah, and that's an inherent part of band is that, yeah, we're, gonna, we're already in talks with uh, another creative IP of doing a season in this game. We've designed it that way. That's part of why we changed the name. It was originally Earth Tower. We created our own multi-dimensional universe there's hundreds of hundreds of characters we have systems built with databases and algorithms to generate very complex backstory characters with things like their lineage of how many generations have lived in America where their family came from and that opens up a whole thing about trying to capture reality without being wrapped up in PC culture you know, I think there's a lot of things where, and we're all over the place with all of these things we're trying to accomplish, because why make something if you're not going to try and make something new or at least improve upon the sure. things that you didn't like about other stuff? So we use, um, like, Census Bureau data and some other information. So when we make our characters, they're realistic. They're reflections of everybody and we're not doing it to try and chase any clout we're trying to do it we're just trying to be as inclusive and realistic and as natural as possible natural is the big one you know so that you're telling natural stories not trying to tell stories to fit with what is the hot new pc point of view and i think that's another thing that i see more and more of global culture getting tired of the print Pose, postured, manicured, perfect, you know, like display of this fake manufactured idea or concept or ideology, and it's not real. Yes. It's, it's just this idealized perfection that is almost another chase. Yep. You know? And yeah. you start going into society being happy and the quality of life and all of that. These things all come down to how do you spend your time. And so if you're looking at something and you're wanting to do something with life and trying to help and do benefit of all, maybe making a game that has a little more value to it, a little more fun, replayability, um, yeah, it's not going to change the world, but... Yeah, might change your afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and this is the skill set we have. So I mean, if we, could, if we were inventors and scientists and stuff, then maybe we'd be. Doing you invented more. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we. No, it's a. I mean, at base, I think it is from just looking at the cards and playing the game. It's a high quality product. Appreciate You're not getting ripped off in any way, shape, or form. The artwork is unique to its own style. Um, there's a bunch of styles represented. Yep, we wanted to look at and, a comic book company that's been around for 30 years. I can't think of many card games that I haven't played. Also, so a couple of my friends own um, Advantage games, too, in oh, uh, okay. out in Thornton. Nice. Oh, nice. So I've played just about every card game that there is, if yeah, I, if I didn't go lot. through it. 
And the cool thing about me, and which I will say was a thing I was like kind of like meh about at first, but it turned out not to be that, was I thought it was just going to be another deck builder game. Yeah. Or Magic Clone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a Magic Clone, but like like the DC deck builder games, the Marvel deck builder games where they're like... They're the hot hot new thing. They're fun, but it becomes, if you play them enough, it becomes real evident which cards are the ones you're really going for, which how to quickly build out your decks and like... You know, after playing four or five games, you got the strategy down, and now you're just shooting that strategy. Who can get it going first? Yeah, yeah you're, you're subwinking it. Basically. For it to change, you got to buy the next expansion, and then literally, it's basically the same thing. It's yeah. just there's it's a power creep, yeah. and so and it's all yeah. it's all centered around health bars. Yeah, and that was what I was worried about at first when I saw the. Game. I was like, it's just not a deck builder game. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They are fun. They're fun. They're um, but it's cool that it does have that interchangeability. Um, I think there's other cool things which I'm sure you guys have thought of that little things you could do to increase like other things people could buy for the game to add to it a little bit. Sure. But oh, we have well, like the game that you played. That's yeah, skirmish. Yeah, and that's one location. And the reason that game exists, that's not the original game. Yeah. The original game is what our version would call War, and you're playing in three different locations, and what happens is those locations can combo effects. Yeah. And so it becomes much more, uh, a, a much deeper strategy and a much richer experience. My daughters are now nine and ten, and yeah. I wanted to play this game with them, and War was too much and this was like they were five or six at the time yeah and uh and it was a much earlier prototype and i was i was having uh we had a family reunion up in telluride and uh telluride and i was showing my uncle this game and and he couldn't get into it it just seemed too complicated for him and he's not a magic player it's more like yeah. in rummy and yeah. like normal card games and then I had an idea of how could I make this so that it was accessible to my daughters, and I stripped it down to one location, and we tried to do minimize the amount of rules that we changed for game types so that there's not a massive learning curve, Yeah. because there's already complexity on how we're, we really are approaching card games in a multitude of different ways, and so there's a learning curve to that. But... Um, that reducing it to one location is how skirmish came about and that created a situation where we were able to demo it much quicker at shows like just now yeah, we yeah. were able to play a game in 10 minutes but because we have that larger version of the war game those games can be two hour games yeah. you can be multiplayer on skirmish and war and so it's yeah. and we have two other game types that we're working on called uh, the crawl and tick tick boom and it's all the same cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Part, of, part of what we wanted, part of what we wanted to do with this was make a robust series, a, a robust toolbox that you can do lots of options with. Um, and but yeah, we do have some things that we want to do with collectors in mind. Our big rule is we will not lock content behind yeah. some sort of a chase paywall um, because, like, it, well, to put it simply, it takes a lot of work to make these cards. Oh, I'm sure. Boy, oh boy, if you never get to see them, that's, I'm just going to be sad. Like, if you don't get to see the coolest card we made because we've locked it behind some rarity thing, I'm just going to be sad. Uh, well, I could just, I could just give you an example. Yeah, I'm not sure. saying you should do this, yeah, yeah, just yeah, an example. Want, what you got? As someone who... So the part of magic that I've never fallen out of love with is Commander. Yeah, oh yeah. Yes, sir. Um, Commander, I think... 
the it's most fun magic. Yeah, I think it's, it's the most stuff. fun format. And it's not one that they designed. So there's something I do like about Commander, and it is just a purely aesthetic thing that I that I enjoy, and I know a lot of my friends enjoy, yeah. which is like the variations are foiling out of cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I could see not that not that you should, but with all the heroes, especially if you said you wanted to not lock it down, if you just had a pack of all the heroes but they were foiled out or something out, that somebody uh, could buy to make their leader cooler. Alternate art from all of those other yeah. people definitely in the plan because yeah. they do the first thing they do is they don't put content behind the paywall. Yeah. You can look at the base set. Yeah. It's the same card. It has the same mechanical value, same play value as the other normal cards. It's just that these are not, uh, these are foil. They're alternate art. Yeah. I got no problem selling this. The reason we like alternate art too is (coughs) hopefully having a business that is successful enough to continue for a few years Doing alternate art gives us the opportunity to hire more artists. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think especially with AI and there's all kinds of things going on. Again, it's about I think people just like to personalize stuff too yeah, a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. Like and if they if if they can have a little bit of a different guy than their other guy. And the other thing I was thinking was just that um, just because it's small, not that that's bad because you could take it anywhere. Yeah. But it would be cool if you had a just a thought. Again, you don't have to do it, but a package of the locations, the, all the locations, that was just bigger. Yep. No. So you are a hundred percent online with what we are planning on going into. Kind of yeah. that's part of our phase two. It's called locations, locations, locations. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've already thought of that. Then. We, we, we spent, yeah. like when it comes to like why did we make this game? Sometimes I do get the feeling of I. Somewhere in my past, I feel like I came across a monkey paw and made a wish, and I am now cursed to just like, hey, what do you do when you go to sleep? I think about what I can do. What do you do when you wake up? I'm still thinking about what I can do to make this the best thing that we can, the best user experience we can, um, and the most enjoyable thing we can. Like, yeah, yeah, double-sized locations were on our list almost from jump, other than the fact that, like... I don't know how to print and package them in an economic in an economic way. I get you because we wanted our our bar of entry. Like I don't yeah. want people to spend new box of Magic Commander of the Commander set that they're coming out with. I've been seeing them online for three hundred plus dollars for a box of boosters. Yeah, if you get them like straight cool. from the shop uh, early, you're usually in the two hundred mark. But yeah, the second they come out, they're like, cool. almost what? a fifty percent hike, which is totally fine. It's yeah. totally fine if, that, if that's, that's what you want to do. Like, but boy, that I just want to sit down and play a game. That was yeah. Me. That's all I want. <laughs> and I would hear that a lot too in the shops. I mean, that was part of why I got back into Magic is because I ran into this guy and we started talking about it. And I had always wanted to create some kind of uh, intellectual property multi-universe thing and he had this game and we worked really well together and bang boom bing here we are um, how did you two start working together yeah. curiosity like what's your story we had because <laughs> yeah. I listened to a couple of your podcasts I don't know so I, I, and it's, there's it's like because there's like 500 he, yeah, of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what episode he joined in it was a long time ago so me and me and another guy started the show mm-hmm. um and it, we would rotate to a comic book shop every third time, I believe is how it ended up being. And he, uh, he knew the other guy. I'd never met him. His he knew Gabe. Gabe. He knew okay. Gabe. 
Um, you saw at the convention that you were sharing a booth with? No. Um, AC, probably. It might have been AC. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I, yeah, yeah. AC's just a buddy of ours. But <laughs> yeah, Gabe's just been like a, almost a lifelong friend of mine at this point. Yeah. And those two met up through a comic book store. Comic book store, yeah. yeah. And then he invited me to be coming out on a show one day. Me and Gabe used to do a, a podcast, horror movies, like a long time ago. Oh, like, dope. Around when Joe Rogan was starting, actually, like forever ago. Yeah. It didn't last long. It was like yeah. one of those things where a couple friends wanted to do something. We did it for a couple months and then hey, stopped doing it. That's, that's but, worth, yeah. So many people don't even give it a swing. Yeah. And that always bothered the crap out of me. Like, if you, it put up or shut up. Yeah. If you want to do it, do it. Maybe it doesn't work, but at least you, at least you put something on the board. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, we just, we've gone through a couple iterations of different people. Um, and we're on episode, I'm waiting to release episode 500 because we want to change a few things. Um, and then that'll happen. That doesn't even include all the interviews. No, we've got, so at at one point, if you ever were to go to beginning, we've got like four hour shows. And so at one point, we were like, okay, we, because in my brain, the way, the way I think about podcasting, if if Kevin Smith put out a four hour episode, which I'm sure he's come close to sometimes, sure. yeah. I w- it's not something I have to listen to in one shot. I'll listen to it yeah, in seven list. different increments. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Three hours Done. Shows, like, cool. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. But okay. the more we did it, the more it seemed like a thirty minute to forty five minute mark was probably the way to go. Yeah. And in those four hour shows, there were no limit to what we were talking about. Everybody would bring some kind of ideas to the table and we'd talk. Right. And where now we're, we're doing for, for probably the past 200 episodes, I would better maybe more. We, we, it's one, one thing yeah. just, we just talked about insidious for the past four episodes, different, all the different movies. Oh. Um, and so now it's just concentrated for 30 to 45 minutes on one subject. And that's all we talk about. Yeah, similar to um, like, uh, magic on the way to work from, Rosewater or um, yeah. a couple of the other guys that are like we're experts in the field we're going to talk 30 minutes on it right yeah. like we that. typically stay pop culture related yeah, right sense. I enjoy your guys' movie reviews we, yeah. we, they're weird so you know in the middle of that fucking movie sucked we we also always encourage people to go do it anyways yeah. go watch it go yeah. listen to it go read it yeah, it, you might think it's fucking yeah. amazing. I love Fast and Furious. Yeah. He hates Fast yeah, and Furious. Sometimes <laughs> the suck is part right. of the Right, door. right. It's, it's, Occasionally it's, that is true. It's the gym yeah. bag problem. <laughs> oh, God. Here, smell this. Why would I do that? Because you, you got to. Man. I think you we've know. I think we've only ever seen one movie that I just wouldn't tell people to waste their time on. That was <laughs> Which the one was that? Dynasty Warriors, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's a terrible oh, movie. You want it animated? No, no. It was live action. No, it's <laughs> it is another, an atrocious uh, film. Wildly awful movie that should have been better. Uh, Dragon Wars. Uh, I, I saw it. I saw it in movie theaters. So I was like, "Cool, dragons fighting, big screen, on board. Say no more. I'm there." Nope, that's not what you get. That's a hundred percent. Like it's. I don't even think I've seen that movie. I like on the one hand, if you want a great study in. Hmm. There were choices made, and none of them should have been. <laughs> Dragon Wars is your way to go. Like, hey, if you're going to write a script, you're going to write a screenplay, you're going to write a story, don't tell the legend of why the story is happening three times in a row with three different people. Like, they did an opening narration, 
Dragons fought. One got sent down. One got sent up. Okay, great banishment. But he'll come back. Cool. Old man gets hurt in the shop. Kid's sitting there. Let me tell you the story of the dragon. It was like, I've heard this story. I've literally just heard this fucking story, dude. Anyway, sorry. I, I study a lot of movies dude, no and worries. shows. So do we. Like, like how it's structured. And, and we have wildly... Varying <laughs> opinions. <laughs> I think the Batman was the most war- varied. Which Batman? <laughs> the the Batman. The, the, newest, the new one. With, uh, with the Robert uh, Pattinson. old vampire. I hated it. Everyone else loved it. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched it. I, what, is it because of the casting? Were you not on board with the casting? Or like overall just not on board? I just felt like they made a movie and put a guy that looked like Batman in it and didn't actually ever read a Batman comic book. Oh, okay. So, standard criticism. So, that's probably... Batman, yeah. my, my biggest, and I've said it over and over again, Batman will never knock on the door of a bad guy. And he does that in the film. And it's just, like, it's not Batman to me. Was it, was it, was it done that's in a, a way question. to be, like, a, a joke or, like, a knock? No, he goes to the bad guy's nightclub and knocks on the door. Was it, it wasn't Can you like imagine opening wall, the door and it's just, like, like Batman? Hey. Can I see some ID? No, it's supposed to be, like, his beginnings. And the movie's not atrocious. Yeah. I just felt like it's an overly long art film that resembles Batman. Oh, okay. And they ride motorcycles for way too much of the movie. <laughs> Him and Catwoman. Now. now I have now, this whole new oh, movie. Oh, God. That's awful. Awesome. Yeah. it for the first time. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil it because I hadn't seen no, it. But. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys. I don't really believe in spoilers anymore because in some ways like really one watching it and experiencing it is its own thing that yeah. counts as its own that's its own experience is just getting there and getting there knowing even hey that guy is you know going to die or 99% of the time too you know what's going to happen in a movie the yeah. two minutes in also a problem there's been two movies that have ever right. legitimately been like I did not see that fucking coming at the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. written movie anyway should foreshadow yeah. all that stuff anyway. So if you're an observant viewer, you should do it with the one exception of Deep Blue Sea and Samuel L. Jackson getting made by a shark inside the lab. But once again, very purposeful decision that they made uh, to show you, yes, we're in a shark movie. Everyone is up for grabs. God, I haven't <laughs> Forever, we don't even need water. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's the Sharknado, uh, you know, pre Sharknado of like, oh, you think you're safe on land? Ha! It was was shark out of the sky. Saw and Sixth Sense to me were like the two movies where I was like, did not see that coming. That's and I think Sixth Sense, I had a a mild idea that it was coming. Sixth Sense was really well executed, but it still was like. And then saw I did not fucking see that coming. I don't think you're supposed to. You're, no, that one's all about just the visual. Yeah, I think Gore? actually Andy Andy Richter screwed up the ending of Sixth Sense for me. Really? From Conan O'Brien? Yeah, he like he like spoiled it oh. one night, oh. not too far from its release. <laughs> and like Conan gave him a bunch of crap about it. So there, so there was a while there. I was like, Fuck you, Andy. <laughs> no, but you could. I mean, you can spend. Hundreds of hours listening to our shit at this point. Yeah, five hundred regular episodes. That's a We've feat, probably got a hundred and within the regular episodes. At first, you probably got another hundred interviews, but singularly, we probably got another hundred and fifty interviews as well. On top of that, that that's so, a monumental feat. I can't even find it, but there's one episode where I am wasted. <laughs> this one. <laughs> 
just, I believe so. Just clear, just clear, just <laughs> yeah. one episode that you're completely wasted. Yeah, we had to do it over Zoom call or something. I don't remember why. Oh, we did. It was just like it was mid-pandemic. COVID time. It was, it was COVID. Yeah. 9 a.m. It was just knocking COVID them back on, yeah, let's talk some shit. Not knocking them back. I slammed a bottle of Jack he during this show. He woke up the next day and he thought he pissed himself. I remember Yeah, but that. I spilled I spilled a glass of water on myself. <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, I pee myself? What the fuck is this? Boy, nah. It was water. No, but we 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 intertwine ourselves everywhere. We I'm going to New York Comic Con here for the first time with no, the show. Don't uh, we got press tickets for that for the first year? We've been to San Diego Comic Con for as press for the last five years. How's San Diego? Uh, I've always San Diego Comic Con. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So everything it's hard to explain because everything here in like Denver is fine. It's yeah. fine. it is what it is. Right. But every normal convention, you're in the convention center, and that's where things happen. Right. San Diego Comic Con encompasses is the convention center it encompasses the two hotels that are next to it and everybody in like a mile is doing something right all the restaurants change okay. their menus in the area cool. to so reflect it's, superhero it's stuff like a whole, it's a whole scene. huge it's a mini scene. all of the like this discovery plus was doing off-site uh, for all of their things like there was a million things you could do this year in San Diego. This year is different because because is, there's still things going on. The actor strike happened right before the yeah. show, so t- no actors were there. Yeah. Uh, but on the normal basis, you go there for one of three things: you go there to either stand in line for Hall H, okay. uh, and that's all you do. You, yes. That line is huge. Yeah. You have to be there the night before if you want to do anything in Hall H. You're not seeing what the convention center. It's all the panels. Yeah. All the panels that they do. So all your big okay. panels. If you're going to see panels, that's all you do. You don't go to the convention center. You're in panel mode. You either you do that or you go to the convention center and enjoy the convention center or you're on exclusive detail. And so you're looking for Funkos or all of that kind of oh, stuff, gotcha. and so you can't do everything. You yeah. can't. It's yeah, impossible. Can <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting thing for like consumers of pop culture. Period. In the last fifteen years, like I remember in my youth, I could see about every movie. Like I worked at a, a movie gallery and a blockbuster, and so you could see every movie that came blockbuster. out. Blockbuster. Yeah. Every movie that came out for that week, and you could kind of track things. And you can't do that anymore. No, there's stuff coming out from everywhere. The world's more open. The accessibility. Dude, to make occasionally, content. like there's a show that I'll see that's like that happened with Project Blue Book. Uh, it was fucking over already. It was like yeah. three seasons <laughs> deep, and I was like, yeah, yeah. "This is what I look for to watch." Like, yeah. I just missed this show existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it happens with music. I uh, uh, Black Thought had a new album last year that I completely missed and just got into a couple of days ago, and I'm like, it's it's almost uh, every track just uh, hits. Yeah. <laughs> type album <laughs> what, where the hell is it? <laughs> how did I miss this man? I remember yeah. the movie things too because I was I was totally like a latchkey kid oh yeah and we oh, used yeah. to have things called two dollar theaters uh-huh. so I think I saw everything that yeah, came out in movie true. theater yeah. from the so, time that I was like floors. you can't even get close to seven that. to like yeah. yeah 15 I watched every movie that came out yeah I used yeah. to be a part of the blockbuster uh, they they had the membership you thing where I would get I would get three movies in the mail then you could go return it to a blockbuster and get three movies there while you're waiting for the other three movies to come and so it was it was phenomenal i love doing it netflix did it for a few i think they've retired their dvds or they're soon retire their dvds 100 when they send them out to whoever's still subscribing to that you get to keep them 
Oh. And I just saw an article oh, today yeah. that says like you, can <laughs> you can request more. That's how they're dumping their inventory. Uh, yeah, because well, I, I know they're not doing it anymore. Now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Because yeah, like it's hard. I, I think they actually closed it. It was physical like physical oh, yeah. It would just be. It would be cool to have. Next day they announced yeah. this is how they're. <laughs> it would just be cool to have like I got the last one. Yeah. Yeah. There was something cool about it though. I remember. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the anime Berserk before. Oh, fan of it. Yes. I heard of it, but I haven't seen it. But uh, me and my older mate Bobby, I remember we were like, and we were hunting that bitch at like Hastings because like yeah. all the Hastings had like one copy of each disc, so we had to like return it and then hit like nine Hastings to be like, you got the fucking Berserk? <laughs> <laughs> we're on waiting lists and shit. Absolute trek for you to try to get an entire anime series through a blockbuster is insane. Oh yeah, like, that's, that's not possible. That's something I don't know of many people ever would have actually pulled that off. Can you imagine trying to pull like... I don't think we pulled Berserk off. <laughs> I, I, it's not a series at that time. I think it was like five discs. Yeah. So like one of them, like some dude just never returned. <laughs> Hastings bought one copy. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I remember I went to, when I first moved out to Denver, I for some reason ended up in a like uh, pawn shop. And I was like, ah, oh, there's nothing here. And then I looked down and they had the entire collection of Trigun um, in the pawn shop for like 15 bucks. I was like, Sold. I even got fifteen bucks on me. I'm gonna go find fifteen bucks. <laughs> come back. I'm buying that. It's weird because like, it's my favorite anime. Yeah, exactly. It's an amazing anime. It's like Trigun. Like, yeah. I always used to call it Trigun, but Trigun? it is Trigun. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. 1998 was a weird. It was like a great year for anime. You had Trigun come out. You had Cowboy Bebop come out. You had Outlaw Star come out. You had uh, God. There's like a fourth one. Like a like major major hitters came out all 1998, and then and apparently Genesis. That's what, Maybe? I know it was around there, but I don't know so, if it was. It's very close, but like... Neon Genesis? Yeah, oh, Neo, yeah Neo, probably. And I know like one of Gundam probably... Well, yeah, yeah. they've been doing stuff since the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the 80s. But, um, yeah, it was wild time to try to get that, and Berserk was probably not too far... It, was it, a, have been start, it would have been manga at that time, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I'm out of touch on that scene. So when we got here, you were... You were doing some artwork. Yeah, I was just drawing the tick. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. do commercial work? I haven't. I've been... I've done a few conventions now selling art prints. Oh. And that's worked out pretty well. But, I mean, um, season two. Yeah. Would you be Oh, yeah, definitely. In? All right. I'm up to just draw stuff. I've been trying to draw every day for the last couple of years to some degree. So I think I've gotten decent at it. Um but yeah, if you guys like my work, I'd be happy to. Yeah, man. Well, it's terrible. We, yeah. What? Garbage. I can show you a couple things before you leave. <laughs> yeah, we'll look at that. Yeah, what yeah. you got. But yeah, well, the other thing, too, is we're just trying to find uh, visual narratives from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do it. That's fun. part of why like, the, the game looks like it does is one, when he was discussing all of the elements that he wanted the game to have, I pretty much laid out there's no way of avoiding this the game will look like a unicorn threw up everywhere because mm-hmm. to categorize all of these things it's beyond values shapes textures we're going to have to get into different colors to be able to track and cue these things no but honestly i used to love 
it when Magic looked like that as well. Yeah. When they, when were, they just they were, had all their different artists doing their own style. Or Buck Wild. And you had one thing that looked like a fucking four-year-old drew it on a card. <laughs> fucking Land of War Elves. And then Go you Bears. had the next artwork that looked bad as fuck. It was like some Phyrexian beast from yeah. like the ether. And it was like Brahm styled out. And like yeah, it, yeah. you get those in the same packs. Like I used to love that shit. Now it's like not that it's bad, like the artwork's still amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. now it seems like they have like a, a clear direction. They have certain artists that have very similar styles. They want it to look like magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I don't I disagree with it, it almost wholeheartedly, which is obvious with what we made, because like we got a pack of neon Tokyo. Neon to, uh, uh, Kamigawa, right? The new Kamigawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I was like, okay, magic's finally gone, hey. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really swing at something. We're gonna go full futuristic neon um, in Kamigawa. Like, awesome, fantastic, yeah. tons of stuff. And then we cracked open this pack and I looked at it and went, "What the fuck's all the neon, guys? Like, what? Where's your goddamn pigment? These cards are so goddamn dark. Yeah. For you calling this neon? Yeah, no, it was rich. It, it was like I." It's magic. They're a multi-billion dollar company yeah. at this point. It's got to be on purpose, but it was... No, I agree with you. The artwork has gotten... And like I said, it's still it's great. It's still great. No, no, the artwork is still... The no, they give them... Yeah, they yeah, give it's still them fantastic. It's what just, they want to see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they just don't have that... But yeah, I mean, that bootstrap feel anymore yeah, yeah. A like more. all they had all the way up through like odyssey and torment i feel like mm-hmm. after nemesis it kind of started getting which i mean this is that's Very a huge that's sick. after nemesis it started getting like this is a direction we got like eight or ten artists that all are very similar working on this post not as bad that's just how it, they've yeah, they've yeah. gone it's, through things where it's like i like i mean like i don't like the game but a lot of people love it Whereas I like the Yu-Gi-Oh style of shit, where it's like, like I said, like this you this card's a fucking wild. clock, yeah, and then this yeah. is a fucking dragon with eighteen heads, and yeah. it's in the yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the accurate angel. Huh? Yeah. All right, I, I completely get why they do all of the things they do because I just got done. We just got done designing this beast. Yeah, and having different visual boxes for the different abilities. You know, the intelligent design part of it to where you're trying to visually cue people to say, hey, this is kind of how this mechanic's going to work before you read one word. Sure. Right? You have to make that asset. You have to design it. You have to test it. You have to make sure it feels correctly. And then so every ability tree that you have, you have to not only design a new graphic, but test it to get it to feel, get it to... I don't know if homogenized, but work in congruence with the rest of the game. You know, and and tell that story. And it was a lot more work to do that. But I find it funny that a two-man team could do it. Yeah. No, and I I think... I think the fact that you guys are trying to makes a lot of sense. And I, mean, I know it's kind of like a knock session, but like I said, I still play the games. I'm not yeah. knocking it entirely. Oh, yeah, no, I have collections. I yeah. got stuff going. Magic back. has... Our game wouldn't exist yeah. without yeah. Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. Magic has stopped doing that, though, and it is annoying. Like, for the, long, for the longest time standard, I don't think a card got banned for like 10 years. Yeah. Because yeah. the game felt heavily playtested. Whether, I mean, whether you like the direction of the well, new set or not, the card game was balanced. Yeah. And ever since, I think they sold. About five yeah. years ago, they sold to Hasbro. And now that's just, they, they got to ban four or five cards every time they, they release want, a set. Because... Bands, which I don't get. Well, well, I do get. They, they're producing cards. Yeah. 
they have produced more cards in the last five years yeah. than they had in the last 20 years. But it, it does make it obnoxious when you're buying stuff. Yeah. And so I can appreciate the fact that you guys take the time to make sure that that's not a problem, or at least if it did become a problem that you use, it's very going to be a very rare thing yeah. if it ever happens. It's, it's built well. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We have tested. We've tested it. It's also built on like Alex is is really good with advanced math. Like I don't even know what the correct terms are, and so he's created like literal algorithms as components into these systems where we have all of these homebrewed systems that govern the game. Yeah. They govern how the points are allocated. They govern the amount of factions that are in. Like everything is designed at a kind of uh, like no man's sky. Sure. There's there's all these little systems that allow us to generate much more content than a normal small group would be able to. And so this first run is just kind of possible so that then we can go into if we want to make new sets with other vendors and more seasons, it's not going to be as laborious. Or yeah, yeah. The time will be much shorter. Yeah. So I missed the front end of what you guys were doing. Yeah. Um, locations, locations, right? That's the that's the where everything takes place. It governs. It sounds like the rules of that game. Yeah, it adds an extra wrinkle. So each so the idea of the game is that. You are a leader in the super community, and your goal is to get out into these varying locations that there are problems, hot spots that you're trying to deal with, right? But each location is going to require something a little different to solve it. Right. Like if you're diffusing a bomb over here, I probably want the smart boys. I don't care, you know, about the rest. If I need to, if I'm here to, like, there's an invading army, yeah, we probably want some guys that can throw hands and, and punch some people and do that sort of things. So the location changes that, and because each location has a unique factor to it that everybody on the table gets to swing at, we can put some really dumb locations out. <laughs> um, stuff that's... It, it, it's straight up broken. I know it's that's broken, but everybody on the table gets the same chance to use the really powerful gun. Right. Um, we've got a location in there that if you deploy using uh, Aether, using magic, science, you know, energy manipulation, um, someone's losing two cards off the top of their deck. And you can do that every turn. But your buddy can do that every turn right. if that's where you want to go at it. Uh, and like when locations start to interact, it makes a big difference. So it's how we give variability to the game. It's how we give theme and interesting to the game. Um, and obviously all this stuff, at some point in time, I'll show you the, my big storyboard on how these cards interact on the story side. Because this was also built to be an homage to comic books. That's why these look like comic book covers. That's what our... It's part of our brief that we had to these guys, to the different artists. Draw a comic book cover for this character. In your style. In your style. Make it look good. We'll make it, We'll figure it out from there. But they all tie into uh, a couple different overall narratives that are baked into. And if you grab the whole set and you start digging in and studying the background and the details of the characters or how they interact, you can start going and going... Oh, I see how this story goes together. Even before I've gone through and actually written out the novelization version right. of it, the short stories version. What's cool is you could you could just flip a comic book out of any one of these two. And that's the goal. The, the thing was yeah. the original thing because both of us our, our main thing is storytelling. Yeah, like we want to be storytellers. We love creating the characters, setting up the scene, environment to tell narratives that kind of connect people together. Right? Sure. And so 
trying to figure out what's the best way in modern day to kind of build a company to would allow us to do that. What's a what's an economic engine that might give us a a better potential to create a solid foundation so we could do that with freedom to tell the stories we want to tell, not what you know the marketing team would dictate or the economy or whatever and be true to our true to ourselves and so that's why we focused on the game but the next thing that we're going to that we're we're developing right now is each card's going to have its own little narrative and we've already got the design set up that um, we will have a a display set of art cards like the old Marvel masterpieces and so it'll be each card, full art. The only thing that'll be on there is the copyright, or we might move that to the back as well. And then you flip the back, and it's going to have a little bit of story. And we're going to sell a full set and a package that will come with a narrative map, and it'll actually tell you the story because every card is connected to every other card through multiple uh, sub-branching narratives. So we, it's already, it's a different way. To tell a story, like at some point we'll do graphic novels, but this was a way for us with our limited budget to flip the assets that we had of all mm-hmm. the images for the cards and sure. also make like a visual graphic novel type experience to, to also go into this world of Earth Town that we, we created. Plus it creates like, for the leader essentially, you could have like a full art card for your mm-hmm. guy and yes. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. I like so, it. We have three decks. Well, you have six decks. Oh, we have six decks. Actually, technically, if you want to get right down to it, you have eight. But okay. carry on. How many... I, I just do a, doing a quick run. Yeah. I didn't... Because I didn't see what the locations look like. Yeah. How many locations do you have within each box, so we'll each say? Each box has four to five locations, depending on which box you got. Um, locations are always going to have unique backs on them because they're yeah. that special of a card to us. Also makes it that when you shuffle them all together, you can quickly go, ah, crap, and pull them back out. Um, and then you have eight liters total in the set, so you'll have two or three in each box. Um, each box is rigged with two uh, pre-build uh, skirmish decks, so short-form decks. And then on the, the flip side of those build cards is the war set. Um, which lets you modify your skirmish deck to being a long-form deck using the same stuff out of the box. So it's it's designed to be a very self-contained... Like, each box is its own starter for... Our goal was, if I want to play a game, one of the hardest things for me to actually get to play a game is a buddy that also has the game that I can play. So sure. Like, well, then i got to get this to a place that one person can buy a game, sit down, and play it. With their, buddy. Uh, with their buddy. So we wanted to make sure that each box had two decks that are ready to go. It has uh, extra cards in there for customization and for long formats. Yeah. It's got extra leaders in there so that if you, once you kind of get the groove and you want to start building your own and customizing your own, you can just start swinging. And everything you need is contained within the box. So am I looking at these? These those, are the locations those here? Those locations, okay. yeah, special backs. Okay. Um, they're dual-sided so that people on both sides of the table can read them. Who, I, again, because I missed the beginning yeah, of this, Who? how do you choose these so when you play? Do you randomly random, throw down? Random is a way to do it. If we're doing tournament drafting, what we'll generally do is each loca- each deck, each player comes in with like three locations up, and we'll put them out and throw a D6. So it's a little bit a little bit random. Uh, scrimmage, you get into play three games in a row. So right. You play two and two. Um, 
because they do make a difference. And there are some leaders that are heavy towards it. And recognizing how much danger you're in is a mistake that I made on our last game. Um, I was like, no, nah, I'm sitting good and didn't realize how some of the locations and some of the leaders were going to interact. Like, I just missed it and got wrecked. Um, so you got to pay attention. And it's it's reps and it's, ex- and it's exploration is one of the big things that we wanted with this is giving everyone the opportunity to explore how do these actually work together. Um, like there are a couple ones that we know of. That, well, we know a lot of them, but there's a couple of them that I talk about. Of like, uh, One of the locations you have is called the Volcano. Because if you're going to have a super fight and you don't have an active volcano somewhere involved in it, what are you doing it's with your ride? Really a super fight. Yeah, well, no. It's like Fast and the Furious and not going to space. Like, come on. This is a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, but one of the things with, with the volcano is that once is if you deploy if you beat me by double or more when you're coming into the location, my guy gets kicked in the volcano and is retired because obviously um, this plays into an interesting loop when you get to um, the super hospital that yeah. gives you bonus points for having people in your retirement in your discard. So I could kick you into the volcano if I wanted to, but doing so is actually going to help you in another location. So now, as the player across from you, is that what I want right. to do? Is that Am I willing to sacrifice that location for this benefit? And so getting those interactions and getting those aha moments is what we're looking for. It's like where you get cards in your hand and a loca- and a setup that you've never really played before because there's 18,000 different ways to set right. up the board. You may not have ever seen this setup, and you, I want you to have a moment to sit and look at the cards in your hand, look at the situation, go, oh, I got a real bad idea. Right. Oh, I'm going to do something real dirty, and have those aha moments for both yourself and your opponent to go, oh, that is real dirty. Okay, now what the heck do I do about right. this? How, how do I salvage this and, and bring that momentum back? Uh, and it's really batting that momentum back and forth is what... Um, this was built for and what this was really designed to do is that it's never a runaway. Right. You're always going to, like, all the way up to the end, you should be going, I think I got an idea of where I'm at. I don't know. We're going to have to count. So aside from collecting everything because you want every card, um, having the ability or having the the game start differently each time, are you? Do you lean more towards building a deck, or do you lean more towards just having random cards from the decks you've collected? Because there's not a real way to build a strong deck if you're so, randomly throwing out locations. Absolutely exactly. great question. By design, yes. Right. So, I do recommend building customized a deck because um, your leader, who you are in the game, has their own power that they get to trigger that they can use very broad spectrally. Right. Um, to help and influence how your deck plays. There are literally leaders I don't play with. I, there are deck styles I don't build in this game because I, me and that leader, we just don't agree on how you do things. Um, particularly, like, with me, it's Archfiend because he has this mechanic where he's going to sacrifice people off his deck to refire abilities, and he can, like, do these big, long combos, but they're very expensive. And I, I personally, as a player, like to play very efficiently with my cards. I... I can't run Archfiend. I've tried. And I, I either overgas him and eat my deck way too fast. I'm like, okay, well, the game's done because I'm out of cards and out of options and not a good spot. Uh, versus... Uh, yeah, Archfiend is the drunken master, and he is... I don't know of any other game that has the 
construct to let you play a card game like that. Um, and it's it, the other interesting thing too is because we're not doing card chases, uh, and I promise this relates, is the emblems on there are coded. There's a little like candy emblem on oh, your card. bottom of your box, right there on the front side. Yeah. Right? The leaders have them, the locations have them, and the asset has has them as well. Those are the three card types. And instead of it being rarity, like how little they're printed or or anything like that, they're on different kind of power curves. So for leaders, the higher the rarity means the more difficult it is for that leader to be piloted. You've got you've got to really think differently and play the game differently, and so it's a, it's a more difficult leader to pilot. Therefore, it's a it's a higher classification or a higher uh, emblem status. Locations, the more esoteric, hostile, hostile they are. Because <laughs> yeah. none of them are friendly. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. But some of them are. Yeah, some of them are friendly. Well, friendly to you and hostile to everybody else. But some of them are just, are just really hostile yeah. to everybody. Yeah. But yeah, we're able to use some of these common pieces of card games, but use them for something other than. How much does it cost? Honestly, yeah. No, I like it a lot. But yeah, especially yeah, because the of the build a deck that, that you like to operate and pilot, that you get how it works, and build a leader that you like, and work with that guy. Highly recommend it. Um, that's why these guys are built the way they are. Is like it's to give you a look at how this leader can operate. What I mean, tricks can the leader do? It's a vastly different game, but it does give it that commander esque feeling, mm-hmm. which I like. And yes, sir. It's also something where I'm sure you guys thought about, but yeah. you just make new leaders and it changes the whole exactly. set of our, our, set of cards that you already have. Yeah, our our think for the next like half set that we want to do is to introduce more leaders than we have even in this set and more locations yeah. because they are going to change how the decks can operate and what tricks you can. Do. So well, one of the numbers I don't know if you touched on it, but the first season with the thirteen locations and eight leaders um, in in the war game box, uh, it gives you over eighteen thousand different board states. Yeah, that's uh, four years. Four years of gameplay. That's you playing half-hour games for eight hours a day for four years. That's how much content is in season one. And so when you add, even if we just did season two with thirteen more locations and eight more leaders, the metric is in the millions. Get calculated at five hundred thousand. Like you would have to play for decades. Uh, yeah. And and the point is not to make it uh, exhausting. It's just to it. It's really not that hard. Yeah. To make it more interesting and more varied so that you can play the same game without having to buy a bunch of more content and still get a new experience yeah, just for months, if not years. Fun. Yeah, just fun. It's Actual fun. fun. Really trying to manufacture play like one of the narratives that we had was Saturday morning cartoons with the favorite vegetable cereal type joy. Like as a kid. And that's that's really been one of our like navigation points, like concepts to think about is instead of just trying to make something to make something, make something where like you're like you have you're happy you bought it, you felt like you got a good value, you have fun playing it, it's not like a chore. It's literally a game like one of our slogans is all game, no gamble. You yeah. Get rid of the econo- the the over economized part of 
of the trading card game and just making it more about being a fun card game. What I like about it too, which is not that it, it couldn't be its own night. Like if you have a, yeah, if you I, I used to have a, a group of buddies where we would play. Designed for tournament and it's yeah. designed for doing booster drafts. Yeah, we used to. We used to have a game night in my friend's house when I lived up in Thornton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would do different board games and stuff <laughs> and whatever. But we had a game called, and this is where I could see this being amazing. Not, but like I said, not that it, it could just be amazing for its own night of gameplay as well. But we used to have a game called Bang, where it was just real fast. Yeah, yeah. It was a card game as well, because there'd always be like one or two of us get there a little bit earlier than the yep, other two, yes, or you know, we just like, hey, let's play this game real quick. Fifteen minutes, boom. Okay, that now we're that's gonna play this new board game that came out. Yep, yep. And versus having a game like that around where everybody gets to know it gets. It's there. You can play it real quick, or it could be just, that's the game we're playing tonight. Right. We're gonna yes. we're gonna hook it up. So I mean, that's really cool. I like I like the versatility of it a lot. That's was the goal. We want to make sure. Uh, the other thing that we want to talk to one of the podcasts that I was listening to is you guys had talked. It was like the world's smallest manufacturer. Mm, yeah, we just talked to them at San Diego Comic Con. Oh, that were that. If was that. we yeah. can, we would like to get their contact information because what we want to do eventually is package these because. Out in the war, the only thing you need other than the cards is a little deployment marker. And one of the coolest things that I found to use is like those old old mega construct uh, figures that are articulated. Uh, I don't think I have any with them. But I got I got uh, one of our artists makes uh, also makes little figurines for this thing. So I bought one of his the last time I saw him. And so yeah, that's my little deployment marker I use for my dude. Oh, yeah, I think it's on your Instagram. Yeah. So, see, yeah, these are like, this is like the mega constructs he met. Yeah. And we want to get, we want to get some of those made for what we, and it sounded like their characters are about an inch and a quarter tall. Yeah. Which I think is pretty close to that equivalent. Yeah. And they were articulated. Because what we want to do is eventually sell, like, uh, uh, you get a war deck for a certain leader. And then you get the deployment marker that's articulating. Because one of the things I've been finding fun is, like, they come with swords or whatever. And so you'll just pose it in different things as you're playing the game. And that deployment marker sometimes will act as a little bit of a psychological effect. You know, because a lot of this, too, the other, the other beauty of BAM is it is psychological. You're not going to be playing just that person's deck you're going to be playing that that player yeah like how they play how they shade whatever as well as the location and and so it it's a it's a much richer experience than you would think until you start getting into more of the depth of it but uh anyway we if we can we want to get the contact information of those guys because that is a next uh, package evolution. We want to do it like a blister pack, like the G.I. Joe's. Sure. You know, where it's the card boxes under the plastic with a cardboard backing and the characters on top of it. So we do the, the company called Super Impulse. Um, okay. the, they, uh, <clears throat> the YouTube video goes along with the internet, the interview. Oh. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll actually see everything we were talking about in the nope. interview. Um, and their, their stuff is uh, 
fucking so it's super super cool. There's a lot of cool toy people who go to San Diego Comic Con, but Super Impulse is one of the one of one of the really good ones. Nice. Um, and they work with a ton of different IPs, but they they do a ton of their miniatures have like stages and stuff that that their miniatures can stand in. It's really cool. But yeah, you check out the video, the YouTube video, and you see everything that we talked about in the actual interview. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely look it up again. Yeah, I have all their contact information. Yeah, no, I'll be fed. It's serendipitous because we were listening to it on the drive up here. And I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes viewers just hand you a solution. I've been hunting for a solution for that for years. Because it was always kind of the, the thought of like, what should this look like when you walk in them? Right, right. What What's going to make me stop? I think I have one. And I always like, I always like, I always read the back of the G.I. Joe. How long have you guys been, um, when did you guys get started? So, original concept date was July 4th, 2015. Um, and then you came, and then Jared came on 2016, 2017. Thanks. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. I mean, it's it's a complicated thing to build that we needed. Uh, mostly, we've been kind of con- always going. Hey, as soon as we have art done, we're ready to launch. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. always been in, in a very good state. We felt we just got better at what we're doing because hey, art takes this. T- art takes a long time when you're trying to do yeah. what we're trying to do. Well, and, and we, budgeting. Yeah, we we couldn't do it. Like, all right, we need 110 pieces, and here's the here's the budget. Let's. So there's like a. I See, just thought I'd grab some stuff out. This is yeah. a cover for like an original yeah. graphic Perfect. novel I was doing. Absolutely great. Yeah, hand it to the artist. But. I don't shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I, 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 uh, how's your background work? Uh, that I'm getting, starting to get more involved with. Hey, at least um, focusing on it and working on it. There's, I think there's one in here where it was like a panel but like that was like a different page from it yeah. um, oh perfect yeah yeah dude we'd love to work with you yeah, this is one of their ooh, ooh, their micros yeah um okay so their company is called super impulse okay i was wondering if there was a world's smallest already <laughs> Yeah, they do. That's their line of stuff is world smallest. They do a bunch of a bunch of yeah, different lines. Like the Pop Taters was their newest thing, where they would do like Mr. Potato Head, but through their different IPs. Um, and then if you listen to the interview, each each Pop Tater has a different part in its back, and you can assemble a different Pop Tater through if you collect oh, yeah, them all with that. So that was cool. But yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff. That is dope. That is really cool. I'm glad you guys like San Diego has always been on kind of my hit list because like it is some more Mecca detailed like, stuff. That's except that works, man. That's exceptional. No, that's beautiful, dude. Yeah, you can absolutely go. I mean, all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's Sorry. San Diego's always I, been on my hit list. Or just I, like, in it's the Mecca for yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no worries, man. Yeah, you just get kicked in the D left and right by your body as you start getting mid forties. At least that's what's happening to me. So when I initially when I initially looked at yeah when I initially looked at these I thought that these might be connecting when I first found when I first saw them because it looked like you don't carry them in boxes anymore it looks like you have cases and stuff and I thought that would I was like oh shit I might be able to put these together somehow and display them somewhere we thought um, about it uh, but we wanted to showcase some of the art um, this is how I, I carry, carry boxes because I'm, I'm, I'm dirt I'm there's this thing that fits mm-hmm. perfectly and that's yeah, the only reason I've got mine in cases is because I need to, 
I want to have quick access to the different skirmish decks as I'm demoing it. Like, if I were actually rocking, uh, walking into a tournament or a game night, I'd probably carry a small box just because well, yeah, it's a small just a couple more things. I'll show you. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, swap thing or. It's a swap thing, swap yeah. Thing, yeah. Uh, I, I love your sign. Other person, I was thinking. Yeah, just like three eyed alien. Yeah, I didn't want to do the, like the typical signature thing, but yeah, yeah, no, but it's dope, man. It's it's super cool, and the, I I like the. Uh, it reminds me a little a bit of the abstract of. Uh, um, God, talk about Mo- uh, Mobius. Yeah, Mobius. I love yeah. Mobius. When he would yeah, do yeah, abstract like shit. tree roots and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're yeah, not really abstract. We, so we did think about it. The only reason that we haven't is what we need to do to create a three box panel, basically. Um, and it's just like we can launch without it. It might be something. Oh yeah, of course. More, more updates on it, but what was it? Oh, uh, there each box each box art links together to make a large art piece. Um, and, and like, I don't know if you have ever. I don't know if you guys collect comics or not, but like, like they they do a lot of connecting covers. So the, when you, we did manage to. Thank you. No, that's one of the things we did manage to get done in the set is connecting card covers. I didn't think of that. Who's my best? There's a couple of them in here. Is that one foil or is that just the page? Just the page. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, we didn't do any foils with it yet. Oh, yeah, man. I imagine. It's been, it's, I imagine it's a whole other expense. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's like when you're printing millions and millions of them, it's kind of a moot point. Yeah, but we're not. Yeah. We are very much so. When you're doing, but we are very much so printing, printing as needed versus as uh, as. And then where's my other two that we did? Uh, no, those, no, lady, yeah, those ladies up there. there's lady. Oh yeah, that's cool. So that was the goal. And actually, if you want to be proper with it, where's he at? If you want to talk about how some of these actually link together, this goes above. It's not drawn to go above. It is. It is the same scene, top and bottom. And they are basically, the idea is that Smash and Grab are ripping off one of Brent Bastardly's uh, armored vehicles, and he's about to throw a tank at them. So do these, do these powers or abilities or anything work in congruence with each other, or so is this just something that went cool together? This went cool together. Um, we do have ones that are linked, uh, that do, that the ability chain links. It was right. the target to do these side-by-side cards. Um, the old, like, 90, 93 or whatever X-Men card set yeah. that had that big nine page. Yeah, yeah. It's still one of the the card sets that I still kept from when I was a kid, and that, it was always a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so... Um, I remember that. It was pretty dope. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a little bit of an homage to that that type of stuff. But those, those linking uh, linking covers. 25 minutes or so. We still time. Now, some of them we did get just... Those small card sets always fun, but some yeah. of them do actually are linked and linked abilities. Um, so you get mm. Lady Liberty and Magma Carta, and Lady Liber- uh, Magma Carta's got an ability called BFF, um, where she can pull in a rank four, conveniently enough the same size as her si- as her as her girlfriend there. Um and pull her into play. Sure. So we, there are situations where we did get that to go in just the small sets. Um, there's a lot of the cases that the ability on the cards do link a lot to the character.
character, the characterization of them, like Smash and Grab, have a draw ability, which is putting cards in your hand, and a drop ability, which is taking cards away from somebody. Yeah. So there are definitely nine people that these with. Sixty-eight. There it is. Um, so there are definitely situations that we did get that to go, uh, which is good because it's one of my, it's one of our bigger achievements. I think is trying to get all of this to work in all of the different ways that we wanted it to. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, intent and planning for it, but you didn't really know exactly how to engineer sure. to get results, and we hit every one of our targets and, and overshot overshot the majority of them at that. Like the strategy side, making it more skewed to playing the player rather than playing the deck. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was interesting. It was a very interesting kind of experiment on the power of intent and and just like dedication, right? <laughs> willingness, willingness to burn it down every once in a while. Go back and do too. this slightly better. Like, oh wait, that's totally. <laughs> yeah, we just like, even now we're still going through and making some micro adjustments on stuff that we find. Like um, we've got uh, a card out there that. Uh, is one of our few unfinished cards as we're going into this last this last thing that it we gave it the ability called train spotting and the idea is that the character's a DJ within DJ culture called train spotting where you're going through your other guys' records um, and seeing kind of what their playlist is going to look like cool um, and the card mechanically you would look at the top five cards of another person's deck and anything that you had that matched in your deck you could pull into your hand and that's fine mechanically but at the table it took longer than we wanted it to. Like, you gotta go through and search your deck. Yeah. Um, even if you know your deck very well, you still gotta go find the mm-hmm. cards, right? Well, and it's built to be inconsistent because it's on such a low cost right. card. If, so, yeah. if it was actually consistent, it'd be, it'd be broken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we actually just switched his ability to some, to one that we're calling uh, It Goes to 11. So, got on Spinal Tap. We're not, you're just gonna flip over the top card of your deck until you find something with an 11 bam, which is the maximum that you can have, you know, put that into your hand. So it's a it's a specified draw, but it's a lot faster. And right. then the rest of the game can go on while you're finished. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, was a, it wasn't even a question of, like... It's a lot like Cascade. Yeah, basically. Um, where the original ability worked, and it was mechanically good and sound and fun and had ways to manipulate it and yeah. balance, it just... It, it didn't hit our criteria on the game's got we got to move, guys. We don't want yeah. crazy long term. Right. Like, even when we yeah, were playing, yeah. it's a draw one, play one, resolve abilities. Get fucking on with it. Yeah. Let's go. Our yeah. economy, we kept boosting, and, and so now there is support, which is the currency. It's just, think of it as like colorless mana. Yeah. And uh, um, it's now on every card up to. Champions. Yeah, seven's okay. I mean, there's a couple where thematically they don't have, we have board wipes, so thematically you wouldn't have a support on there, and it also adds yeah. as a counter where if somebody holds that board wipe, the card sits on there, but it doesn't provide any support. So, sure, sure. So a lot of these things are two edged swords. Yeah, this is ridiculously overpowered, but now you have this low score which is an Achilles heel and somebody can come in with a board wipe card that they wouldn't normally be able to because that's the dual side you know open lane big benefit yeah. but there's a big weakness to it or a big cost or things like that yeah, it feels I mean like I said just one quick game like it 
kind of uh, it, it opened up a lot of. I mean, at least for someone who's played board games or yeah. card games before, yeah, you know, a lot of different venues or yeah. a lot of avenues. So, yeah. no, it's, it seems really fun, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Let us know if when you guys get more time to play, and and uh, we're gonna be we're switching into the phase now where we're focusing on the websites and the the tutorials and videos and and doing the the full rule book and things like that. Just trying to. Um, explain it better easier so that people can get into the game faster that's like the quick start guide we spent um, a lot of time trying to get that right just because it's it's different enough that it seems more difficult than it is yeah until you start playing like there's a there's i can't remember the movie oh uh blast from the past <laughs> the family is under the under yeah. the basement, right? And Kevin Frazier or I, Brendan Frazier, not yeah. Kevin Frazier, yeah. Brendan Frazier. And he's trying to explain his fault to Brendan Frazier, like yeah. as, you know, as a child. And he's like, "Well, you just have to see it." And then he goes to see the baseball game, and and that's that's how yeah. I feel. Bam's kind of the same thing. Like once you actually play a game, or you know, watch a couple of videos to really grasp how the approaches, how it plays differently, then it's going to start making sense. Yeah, yeah. That was the other thing, is the intent to try and aid the player as much as possible to just get to fun. Yeah, you know? yeah. How fast can we get you to fun? Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Like I said, it's... Yeah, we'd love it, to hear... It comes you. across... To, like, yeah, like I said, it came across like kind of... If you just open it and you don't have direction, it's, it's like that's it a lot is. of... It's a lot, lot of it. stuff. Like, straight up, we had... This uh, page has two sides. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did... I don't... So, I don't... I don't play card games. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for... I, I, I leaned on him to be like, I don't know where I start on this. Here. What are we doing? I didn't know... It, it seems like the, the box itself is a, a game board. Yeah. You guys didn't use it. Obviously, you don't need it. Yeah. Um, guys. So, Absolutely. It, it definitely from an outside perspective not finding somewhere I, I like the videos I don't I hate reading 17,000 instructions I'd yeah. rather watch people play and kind of do because then I'll be like oh shit that oh, makes that, way more fine. sense to me yeah. look at your kids curriculum they're they're implementing video in the education mm-hmm. system more in the interactive as well because there's a higher memory attachment yeah with those active actions because you're uh, you're accessing more sensory uh, more of your senses and so your retention's higher so yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's a very visual game. Uh, we we recognize like we had uh, another a guy down south that does a lot with card games. Uh, if you ever look for uh, an expert on just a wild amount of card games, uh, Nest Collectibles is down uh, way down yeah. uh, down south. Um, he did a box open. He opened all three of them at once, and I literally texted him back and go, "That's a lot to take in at once." <laughs> like. We recognize, not to put this in a negative way, but that when you're first opening these boxes, I will give you the fair warning, it is a bit of a visual assault. There's a lot of colors. There's a lot of flash going on. We get that. We understand. That's kind of part of the point is, like, all these cards should look a little visually different because as you're playing, them being very visually different makes a huge difference in just the ease and speed of play but when you're first opening it and you don't know what you're looking at and you've got or you got no frame of reference yeah you, it's a bit spinny because well you don't have a frame of, frame of reference and that's our next phase is to give that and make sure that people have that and that to make this to lower that bar of entry because like trying to get into Yu-Gi-Oh right yeah. now is a nightmare it's it, I mean it is complex but it's not complicated like once you saw it, it 
once you saw it and you explained it to me and the card types having different backs and like seeing it's just very easy to separate, very easy to play. Um, like I said, I just visually like if you have no frame of reference. Yeah, no frame of reference. Yep. But and I had watched the videos, but it's been like a while since yeah. I watched them. And it's since like I think since the first time I messaged you guys yeah. messaging those so that was like a couple, three weeks yeah, yeah. so I, I didn't remember the videos that yeah. much so I was just like I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we we obviously have three decks yeah. uh, three boxes three boxes um, where are you in the frame of people being able to reach out to you and purchase so, items uh, the end of the month okay. uh, our first box is going to go live for order on GameCrafter so you can order them they'll send them straight to you and mail them straight out they take care of all that for us and then over the next basically month or so, the other two boxes are going to roll out just as we're finishing. So we're, we're talking about the end of August and then August, through October. Uh, August, or yeah, September, yeah, I mean. August through September. So we're hoping by by first part of October, all three products will be live. You basically can get every access to every card at that point in time. Um, they just they print them as, as needed and send them to your house so we don't have to worry about a large stockpile. The delay is literally... I'm finishing the artwork for one card and adding another level of storytelling for one graphic. And then we upload it to the site and then it goes on sale. So um, it might be a little bit before August 31st, but that's that's our that's our line. That it's two things and they're actively being finished. So you're finishing cards. We have three boxes. You said everything should be available soon. How many different boxes are there other three. than this? So it is these three. It's three. Okay. What you are okay. holding there is one copy of every card. The only thing that's really changing what you're holding and what people are going to get in the mail um, is you've got a few of the prototype artwork still in there and uh, one or two abilities. We've done some wording changes yeah. just for clarity. Yeah. There's like a list of like There was 250. Like <laughs> we go through when we do this, <laughs> <laughs> on my side, it's been fun. Um, so we'll be publishing that list and see what it's like. Oh, okay. It's um, but we wanted to, so yeah, what, that's it. That's the whole product line there um, because we wanted it to be very, very accessible to TCG players so that you can either play it alongside cards, games that you want, or if you're burned out on. The, the chase and the rank and file of the other games, if there is an actual option out there. You know. Do you guys have a price point yet? Uh, $30 a box. So all yeah. three, so one, so minimum one copy, you actually get two copies in a, of a couple cards in there just to make the decks work. Um, puts you at 90 and then a full play set, so you, you have a limit of three cards in each deck. Yeah. So when you're custom building, um, so nine boxes total gets you your 270. Um, and that's literally everything you would ever need to play yeah. set one. Yeah. But we will be at some point as we progress, we are going to make a full on set where it's a play set. So there's three copies of every asset, a copy of every location, a copy of every leader. But it also have like the art card set and the, the, the narrative set. Pack. Yeah, it'll be like a whole thing. Because we're not, we don't. We'll have booster packs because there's a really fun way to play this game in a booster booster night environment, and it's made for tournament. But um, the main thing is to try and make all cards as accessible as possible. So, because um, like I, the other thing I thought was really cool about this, like my sister has completely different preferences. Loves playing Uno, 
we'll never play Magic. We'll never do D&D. Nothing like sure. that. But a game like this, where it's got a little more character, a little more flair, humor, and, and artwork to it, yeah. but it's still ex- accessible close to the level of Uno, is kind of that target I don't think anybody really has hit yet. And I think we, I think we nailed it. I know. Oh, awesome. Man, another question that, you got. I think we're good. I like it. I know we're definitely we'll definitely be buying them when they come out. So, no, man, weeks. you got you got one sale. That's right. <laughs> Done. Give the give the where they they can buy it so, one more time. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at BamCBG. Uh, we'll have links there uh, to GameCrafter, where you can also search for us at BamCBG on GameCrafter, um, where you that those links will be going live uh, in the next couple weeks, uh, so that people can buy them, uh, and then they'll just mail them straight to your house. And then hopefully over the next uh, couple months, we're going to start doing play nights here in the Denver area locally so that we can all get together and enjoy this hobby that we all love and uh, spend some time and you know, actually have some face-to-face interactions uh, and trash talk a little bit because it's my favorite part of a game. Uh, a good portion of this game was made so I can sit across from my brother and go, you suck. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some issues in the early tournaments we didn't realize how palpable the game was. And and a couple, couple, so hopefully no more table flips. The other thing that I want to talk about really quick is um, we have earthtown.com EA. E-A-R-T-H-T-A-U.com. That is our current site. It is still out of date, but we are in the next two weeks. We will have that and our current home for the game, which is going to be BAMCBG.com. It's just cardboard game. Quickly, any local... Do you plan on having it? Because you're in Denver. There's tons of collectibles, comic book stores, and things like that. Have you talked to anybody? Do you know? We've got some shops that that we're looking to work with. It's a question of price pointing right. and just all the logistics on the backside, but it's it's part of that phase two for us cool. uh, because having them in your local store so that you can go and sit down with your local boys and your local pod and play is an important part of right. the community and community support. If you're not if you're not supporting the community, why are you making it? Right. We're, so. Yeah, we're that's another part of the phase we're in is building the community and doing it without getting overextended. Uh, just financially, because we are so fun. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I know the feeling. That's yeah. the dance that we are now really tippy tap tap Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you guys. We we uh, uh, again. I'm sure we'll play and we'll we'll kind of go through it. My my wife asked me when they came in if we were gonna play, and I was like, I don't know what this is yet. So not yet. So here's my best advice for it. Start with what's on the box. Yeah, because it's... And then go to the quick start guide and just follow along. And it'll get you through the first game or two. Once you're through the first game or two, everything kind of clicks together and right. you go, got it. And you're off to the races. Go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, we appreciate having you guys here, man. And uh, I can't. Hopefully, you guys grow and are su- super successful. We'll and, and, yeah, yeah. Come in with fancy gold hats. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So one gold hat and a one gold hat. One gold hat. Hey, fine. Yeah, thanks for coming down too. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys.
sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a Baron Space production! Ah!